Welcome back to Mitch Ping's Mind. I'm here with a very special guest for a special episode. Now, I'm actually, I actually met Paul. He was in his bright green Lambo out the front of, of my car and I couldn't reverse out of my car and I was, and I walked out and he's like, oh, sorry, man, I'm just like, the battery died. I'm just trying to like start it up again. And I'm like, oh my God, no, this is so cool. Like I love supercars. And then you're like, well, sometimes they're not always super. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. But anyway, I started talking to Paul and I was like, yo, like so many people must come up to you and think, oh, you got it so easy or like talk behind your back or like, you know, make remarks about, oh, he's a dick or um, do people do that when you have a, a sports car? Yeah. When you drive around in uh is another. It's very loud. <laughs> you, uh, it's part of the gig. You have to expect you're going to attract general members of the public that we'd normally never associate with. Yeah. Uh, from all different levels. But uh, yeah, there's some funny comments. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's yeah. car and did you rent it? And, yeah. Uh, all the all the things. But for all the bad ones, there's probably 20 plus good ones. That's awesome. Uh, nice yeah. people that appreciate yeah. uh, cars, which is pretty universal. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, it's good. It's good to share them, especially with young kids. Yeah, like me. I'm a young kid. <laughs> Little boy. <laughs> <laughs> young kids like to sit in them and... Um, feel like it's accessible yeah because there's nothing worse with someone who's got and i know them uh, and uh they just keep it all to themselves yeah and they're a bit arrogant about it and yeah that's a shame mm. it's just a car yeah um at the end of the day but uh, being able to share it with the younger generation and let them know it's possible yeah because uh, i never i didn't i wasn't born with it mm. definitely yeah I used to drive around in things that were probably in the tip now yeah, so, well, wow. You know, it is possible. It's anything's possible, mm, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to talking uh, with Paul, and I was like, "Oh, like, what did you do? Like, did um, you must you must be a warrior to have some business that like makes that much money, and like to have that like tell me about it, like um, I've got this podcast, and then mm. I guess you were like, oh." Cool. Like, what did, what did you think when all this random guys like want to come on my podcast? Um, <laughs> I mean, realistically, when you've been in business for a while, you meet a lot of people. Yep. Um, and you get uh, good at reading people's intentions. Not so so much just from what they say, but how they act, mm. uh, and just their general sort of vibe as well. And um, you just came across as a a person that was genuinely interested in talking about cars yeah and someone that's very happy and active yeah and that's always uh, an opening to have a chat but happy to help other people out with their starting too yes it's tough. yeah yeah starting something from scratch is um it's difficult yeah and it's it's um you need people that are in a more advanced position than you generally to sometimes take some time out and throw your bone. Yeah. Because uh, I've been in that position myself. Yeah. Um, a few times. Yeah. Especially when I started the business a long time ago, it was really difficult uh, to even get heard. Mm. But uh, if you've got enough courage and persistence and some good people around you, um, you can start to make those, those little wins and headways and it starts to roll and eventually... If you get it right, it turns yeah. into a bigger wheel. Yeah. 
and it keeps turning. Yeah. So I was happy to help out and hopefully it's an interesting chat. Yeah, hopefully you can help a lot of uh, other people listening as well. Yeah, it would be good. Because you need to, because I, I always say this in, in my other podcast is you're most valuable in your values. So your values are mm-hmm. things like, um, like for you, it'd be creation. Like you just love creating things. You mm-hmm. love, you know, technology. Yep. You love family. You love like connection with other people or, and things like that. So that's mm-hmm. your values. Like you were saying about, we're talking about um, being in a quiz night or a trivia night and you're like, I don't know any of the answers. I don't care to know any of the answers because you don't value, you know, trivia questions. You value inventing things, creating things, making things more efficient, like being, you know, extra, not just living in the status quo. For sure. So when you, you know, turn that, what you love into your business is Mm. where you're most valuable. Yeah. Right? I think for sure. I mean, it's... (sighs) It would be easy for me to say I always had this dream of running the business. Yeah. And the reality is not the case. Okay, yeah. Um, as a young younger guy, I always liked model airplanes, mm-hmm. fiddling around with gadgets and toys and pulling them apart, tinkering with them, making other things out of them with them. I suppose an inquisitive mind, if you will. And um, that led me into uh, what I do, well, still, still do now. Mm. But, um, yeah, that, that whole process of when you're young can really guide you in certain directions yeah. quite a lot. And I, I like to know how things work. Yeah. I like to understand the science behind it because, but just because something works the way it works doesn't mean it's working efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. Or it means you could change something and it could work in a totally different way. Yeah. And, um, knowledge is power. 100%. It really is. Yeah. Then being able to execute the usefulness of that knowledge is even more powerful again. Mm. Um, and then being able to scale up those two things yeah, well. is even more power again. And that is effectively a business. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember telling my career advisor at school in year 12, I wanted to fly model airplanes for a little bit. They probably laughed at you, right? Did, yeah. They yeah. genuinely laughed at me. And... Um, my parents who sent me to a very expensive school would have been shocked mm. to hear that yeah. because yeah thinking about it now man that was um, that was never going to happen I, it was just not going to happen but the reality is it did yeah you know and um, that is so inspiring yeah and I think the, one of the reasons it did work is when you're young you don't you haven't been in the commercial world you haven't seen all the things that go on and your innocence and your purity is preserved. Mm. So if you're ever going to do something, do it now, mm. not later when you've had more time and experiencing the big bad world out there. Yeah. Because that purity and innocence is, is really important because it eliminates the, the fear of failure or the fear of something going wrong because you haven't had a chance to experience it yet. Mm. And um, starting what I did many years ago, Doing that now with kids and the family and that sort of stuff would be far more difficult. Yeah. And incredibly intimidating. Right. Um, and most people who have built a business from nothing, a proper scratch, nothing business. Yeah. Do it when they're younger. Um, because you have all that energy and vibe and, and lack of ties too. Yeah. But uh, Kids and yeah. mortgage and <laughs> responsibility. Yeah, for sure. But even just... You know, it's it's a crude analogy, but buy a brand new kettle 
fill it with water, turn it on. It's going to boil water real quick mm. because it's fresh. The elements are fresh. It's going to run smooth. Yeah. But if you keep using it over and over and over and over again, that thing starts to calcify mm. because it's had a lot of use. It still works, but it takes a lot longer to get the same job done. Yeah. So I, I believe it's similar in the business world when you're young, you're you're fit, you're mentally sort of ready to go, you've got less tires and you haven't had that calcification effect of having all the things that can go wrong, will go wrong in business, yeah. weigh you down, which affect your decisions later on in life. Mm. It doesn't say you can't do it, but I think there's a lot of value to that. Yeah. Uh, and conversely, one could argue that once you've had experience and you understand a lot of those things, you could do certain things faster or better next time. Mm. That's for, for sure true. But they both, they both have a big element of um, reality to it. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not easy, but it's definitely worth doing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the support, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that kettle analogy. Because mm. as soon as you said that, I was thinking that people literally, they'll put their kettle on and they won't even pour a tea or anything. They mm. just put it on, go to work for like 10 years just mm-hmm. put the kettle on go to work and they're not even they're not using like any of their potential like they're going to work and doing the same thing 9 to 5 yeah and they just not, nothing's happening with the water mm. and they just it just keeps getting boiled over and over yeah well I mean we all get the same amount of time on the planet yeah you know it could be Bill Gates or it could be me I get the same amount of time yeah <laughs> uh, he can get more done in the same amount of time in theory because he has a lot more assets and yeah. resources and contacts and experience available to mm. him now but we all get we all get X time mm. and um, you know there's no secret about it you know I, to make a business from literally nothing I started it in my bedroom at my mum's house when yeah. I was like 20 years old or 19 20 <laughs> Um, I knew nothing about business, have no, no degrees. Oh my God. You didn't go to uni. No, oh shock, my God. Shock horror. Shock horror. <laughs> Not that I've got anything against universities, but I think they definitely have their place. Like I would prefer to go to a hospital where someone has. Definitely. Been taught yeah. <laughs> I learned this operation on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Um, where they've learnt what needs to be learnt, but I think it's way it, it is it's way over um, overrated. It's overrated, but it's also um, I think it limits the country in a lot of areas because people that might be very talented at certain things that do not have a degree mm. or don't necessarily have the money to go get one, or don't have the time set aside because they have to support themselves for a family to go yeah. miss out on their calling because it's very difficult for them to get out of that responsibility. Um, whereas people that may have all those assets available to them to go get a degree um, might not have the drive or the natural talent to go and execute in the real world once mm. they've got it. So, yeah. But again, there's arguments on both sides. I'm not saying universities or degrees are bad at all and anyone that's got one has obviously worked hard for it yeah. but most billionaires and millionaires whether they like people like this or not never went to university yeah. um, and I think there's a very simple reason for that is time yeah you know someone that started six years before someone else yeah wow that's so true six years upon, so I, when I first started my drone business 
There was no public or private drone companies really to be even heard of. Yeah. Everything drone related that long ago was either the military or that was it. Mm. Um, and uh, I remember I was almost halfway through building my business you know, four or five years into it. And universities would ring me up and they'd want me to come in and do talks about it. And, really? Yeah, give them information. Because to them, it was something that had just started. Mm. And unfortunately, reality was, no, the industry's been around for five or six years already. Yeah. And you guys are behind. Mm. Then they have to build their curriculum. Yes. Get, so the drone boom, if you want to call it, uh, in the last two or three years has been quite big because um, it's become so accessible so cheap uh, the technology is really usable mm. um, but a lot of people are trying to get into it now and make a lot of money out of it or even some money out of it are really struggling because they've missed they missed the true opportunity which was ground zero yeah which is where I started and that doesn't mean you get it by default a lot of other people started to you know didn't quite work out mm. but um you know time is of the essence yeah and um you know it's uh you don't know until you're in it yeah but um i think too many young people have been sold the lie of if you don't have a degree or some sort of piece of paper that substantiates your intelligence yeah you're not going to make it yeah and it is actual rubbish yeah rubbish now, i've had a lot of people who ask me you know paul what can i do to variety of things you know get employed or do my own thing or whatnot you know if, if you're trying to get employed as a new who I, I was an employer before I sold the company but when I was someone with true work ethic and genuine um, interest in what they were doing would ask questions would challenge the status quo and show that they were intellectually invested in what you were doing was far more valuable than someone that had a piece of paper, yeah. thought they knew everything, and were just cruising along with the process. Because you're either engaged or you're not in the actual process in which you're trying, what you're trying to do. And if you get too caught up with, you know, well, this is how it's done, and yeah. this is the process, and yeah. you know, this is all I know because this is all I'm taught, mm is a fair argument to say that you're on a path with a lot of other people all traveling in the same direction at the same speed doing the same thing you're part of a traffic jam that's a good analogy yeah that's good yeah it's hard to pass people in a traffic jam. yes yeah whereas if you're willing to get in a big truck drive off road and make your own road yeah you can go sailing past the <laughs> uh, and it can be a bumpy ride yeah it can be a bumpy ride but um you know so I got a little off topic there, but I think degrees and pieces of paper, obviously depending what industry you're trying to go yeah. into, I wouldn't get too concerned about that. Mm. But you do, if you're going to go down that path of not going, you know, trying to get a degree of some sort to impress an employer yeah. or impress a company or whatever, then you need to make sure that you're willing to put in the effort, have a work ethic mm. and stand out from the crowd. And it's not hard to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. It really isn't. You just have to be willing to go and above and beyond the other 95 percentile. Yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, yeah, again, sometimes easier said than done. Yeah, that's cool. But the principle doesn't change. Yeah. Anyone can do it. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. So. Hmm. Wow. So you broke it down really nicely before 
it's knowledge is power and then implementing or applying that knowledge is even powerful mm. and then using both of those to scale your business is like you know how the billionaires millionaires mm. kind of make mm. so how did you get your knowledge for the drone business um i didn't get it from anywhere yeah it was more of a case of so we were discussing this before when i was mm. a helicopter pilot i used to watch people come in and hire a helicopter and a pilot had to fill it full of outgas they'd pull the doors off and they would have a camera and they would be going to fly around sydney to take photographs of 10 or plus properties mm. which they needed to group together to make it even financially viable to take off on the first point yeah and the simplest way I can break it down is I looked at that as a process and said this is really really inefficient yeah you know you've got tons of equipment which you have to haul into the air against mother's nature's <laughs> best intentions a helicopter is when you're a chopper pilot and you actually understand the physics behind it you are really beating Mother Nature <laughs> to make this thing fly. I'm still confused as to how they actually fly. <laughs> it's, it's not overly complicated, but it is. It's a we are yeah. It's a ruthless event. Mm. You are trying to lift tons of equipment into the sky um, by beating the air so violently in the opposite direction yeah. you go up. Uh, and, you know, it looks relatively basic when you see it flying around, but there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. There's helicopters, there's maintenance, there's yeah. a lot of expense. Yeah. Coming back to the purpose of it was, this is just a silly way to put a camera in the sky. Yeah. To take a photo which has no tangible mass. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? The actual yeah. deliverable has no mass. Yeah. So what you're doing is saving a bunch of ones and zeros yeah. onto a tiny SD card. Yeah. <laughs> so that is your deliverable. So I've, and this is back in the day when drones were not available. Mm. So it wasn't like, oh, I'll just buy a little DJ. <laughs> and go to. But the, the genesis of the idea was how could I get the photos and eliminate all of this? Yeah. And it was, back then it was, well, let's put a camera on the front of my model helicopters which I used to fly around and still do. Yeah. Which I did. Yeah. I made up some rigs and I made my own camera mounts and um, it worked, but it was incredibly dangerous and it was never going to be commercially viable. Yeah. From the point of it was just too dangerous. What was dangerous and, about it? Um, a big model helicopter with large spinning rotors, uh, even though they might look relatively um, toy-like, still have an enormous amount of energy in those rotors. Yeah. And if it hit hit you in the leg, it'd cut your leg clean. Or maybe break a bone. It, yeah, so dangerous. Yeah. And luckily back then I was smart enough to realize the potential of the process and look at the equipment and hardware and go, this does not fit the overall business model yeah. slash trajectory, which needs to be, it's got to be safe, efficient and still get the job done. It achieved some of those, but it was failing in certain areas. Mm. And that's what, kick-started me down the whole path I think I've got I think I've got a business idea here I know the product would work as if you know if I can go and get the same photo as you know Joe goes in the helicopter mm. and I can do it with something that costs almost nothing to run yeah those type of business opportunities are rare but they're good yeah if you can dramatically slash costs and operating 
whatever equipment or process you need to operate to obtain your product, mm. that's a good place to start. Um, but it did require me to go down a path which was hadn't been travelled. Um, and uh, it required me to find drones that didn't exist at the time. Well, they did, but it was very on the cusp. Yeah. And had to get something out of Germany at the time. It had just been sort of invented, if you will. And brought it all back to Australia and got... Um, so you flew to Germany? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How old were you? 21, I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so that was an experience. And uh, obtained the hardware and um, brought it all back to Australia and then to get licensed and wow I believe I had the first multi-rotor operator's certificate license in Australian history wow yeah so that was a process in itself because it had never <laughs> been done before yeah but this leads back to what I was saying before just a sort of a level of ignorance and purity of being young allows you to tackle some of these problems uh, some of them you might know about and some that you don't yeah. but you've just got that drive and ambition to do it and it seems at the time it's the only logical thing to do just yeah. try just go let's just do this I don't have time to think about it and um, that is really powerful you know that's and that's something you get most people don't realise they have but if you're if you're you're young that is a gift that mother nature gives you mm. when you're young yeah. which you waste or erode away the longer you don't do stuff, to put it in the most simple words. Wow. If you don't take advantage of it when you're younger, it's harder to use it when you're older. Yeah. Because it's all calcified. Yeah. Okay? Because fear is the biggest thing that will kill good ideas and opportunity. And don't get me wrong, I am not immune to fear. Yeah. You know, I still want to do all sorts of things and probably overanalyze them in bits and pieces and now it's back when we made the day maybe we didn't yeah. and that goes for everyone so it's not yeah. like if you're experiencing that you're a failure at all but we all need to recognise that yeah um, and try and do something about it so that's where it all started yeah wow well. and had a very quick learning curve yeah um, to run a business and have people working for you and you know, scrounge up business and execute it and yeah, wow. all the accounting side of things and then you've got to purchase hardware and you know, millions of dollars worth of equipment and like it all happened pretty quick. But millions of dollars worth of equipment. Yeah, <laughs> millions of dollars worth of equipment. Which um you know, most most tech tech businesses are subject to that problem. Mm. If you're riding the wave of innovative technology you better get pretty used to the fact that you're going to be spending a lot of money trying to stay on the edge mm. and, or the bleeding edge and that requires you put money where your mouth is yeah and you stay on that edge um if you're selling sandwiches you can probably get away with the same toaster <laughs> but when you're not and you're on that tech forefront that is a byproduct of business mm. um so yeah, it was it was exciting yeah, it was wow. a hell of a ride. Yeah, and um, still, uh, still look back on it and go, I can't believe that <laughs> actually worked. What but, was the most like unbelievable thing that you, you look back now? You're like, wait, I flew to Germany to buy some stuff, and then I came back with it. Like, what's the what part? Like hiring, because you would have been employing people that were like twice your age or something, right? Mm, like, yeah. What, what was the most unbelievable thing that you kind of like? Wow. Um. Well, so many. 
I met the four-star general of the South Korean military when I was 22 with an exercise we did over there. What? Leave it at that. You went to South Korea? Yeah. That was pretty intimidating. Well. Um, It was nice to... I was... um, Unbeknownst to me, Ernst Young nominated me in South Australia for Entrepreneur of the Year. Wow. Which is that award over there. Oh, you um, won it. Entrepreneur no, I came second. Oh, you second. <laughs> it was, um, that was a nice event. It was something that uh, you're so caught up in your own world of doing something that you don't mm. realize that other business or other community members of business groups or whatever look at what you're doing and weigh it up against you know, all the current times and is mm. this innovative and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, that was kind of fun. Um, again, completely out of the blue. We had no idea it was even, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm an entrepreneur. What? <laughs> I suppose one of the big moments for me was actually, I came across, um, it's a long time ago now. It's called, have you heard of The Secret? No. Okay. It was, you could, I suppose you could assimilate it to um, this is probably eight, seven or eight years ago, something like that. Where if, if it happened now, it would be like a, um, like an overnight YouTube or Instagram right. success thing. Okay. Yeah. Where everyone would know about it the next day. Yeah. To a degree, but it was called the secret and what it was, and you can still find online and there's lots of different variants of it, but crux of it is. Uh, it was a, I think it was an hour and a half long, two hour sort of video about power of the mind, um, positive thinking, all that sort of stuff. But they did a video, so it was easy to watch. It was a bit commercial and a bit wanky, excuse the words, in some areas. <laughs> it was. Um, I love that word. Yeah, it was. And it turned a lot of people off, but it was trying to appeal to a bigger audience. But yeah. the underlying message was, which really resonated for me, which was understanding that the power of the mind and, and power of thought dictates so much of our lives, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Um, and that's all I really wanted to take away from that. And then I went and did my own research. Coming back to, I like to understand how things work. Yeah. I wanted physics and, yeah. you know, if I turn that co- that wheel, why does that wheel move? Yeah. I don't care that it moved. I want to know why it moved. Yeah. I don't want to, there's no magic. There was things that were moving to make that happen, right? So then I went away and did my own research. And what they were doing was they were taking a philosophical line to the process of every human being has a brain so that they are gifted with consciousness. And consciousness is, whether it's your subconscious or your conscious mind, um, you, you have thoughts and thoughts are... A thought we think is private, mm. it's not. So every time you have a thought, you're actually generating a signal within your brain that's firing all sorts of things in your body. And that signal has a tangible energy associated to it yeah. and a frequency. Yeah. <laughs> and that information is transmitted. So go to a hospital and you've we've all heard of, you know, dogs will jump on the end of a bed and curl up and generally sleep next to someone who's imminently going to die. Yeah. And that's because the dog is picking up on the signal and information that that, that person is transmitting subconsciously. They don't know they're doing it. Yeah. But that is information that's passing. Now, it sounds, it sounds silly. If you no, I get you. I, I, I'm into all that Joe Dispenza kind of yeah. frequency stuff. Yeah. 
but it's science it's not it's not philosophical mm. it's just the way things work mm. you know like animals are very good at picking up on that information which yeah. is transmitted because yeah. they received it, uh, information differently but coming back to what the point of this is you know you're asking pivotal moments the business for me at the time was beginning spending a lot of money not making a whole lot super stressful like I mean super stressful like how stress like can you remember a night where you were just crying all night I remember going to you... hospital in an emergency in the back of a um, ambulance to hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack wow how old yeah. were you 22 23 wow. something like that I had that a few times and that was purely boiled down to stress yeah just so much stress yeah trying to run everything you feel like you got the weight of the world on your shoulder uh-huh. and stuff um and uh, when I looked more into this, I realized that the very thing I was worrying about, which at that time was, um, you know, feeling like there was not enough income, too much money going out, mm. enough money coming in, trying to find clients. Clients didn't even understand the technology. Yeah. You know, you're trying to sell someone something they can't even, they don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's tough. Mm. And... After watching The Secret, now if anyone listening to this hasn't seen it, what I recommend you do is you find it and watch it and just try and look past all the fluff stuff, <laughs> but take away the underlying message and then take that and then go and research it. Yeah. Because it worked for me. Yeah. Um, and what it did, it, it, it taught me to stop worrying about the things that I don't want and focusing on what could go wrong and what's not working and really start putting my mental energy into where I need to go and where I want to go and trust the process of if I'm thinking about these things and I'm actively engaging in that from a thought level, I will attract scenarios and situations which mimic those thought patterns because that's what I'm sending out. Yeah. Um, and it sounds too good to be true if you only look at it from a, a face value perspective. Yeah. But if you understand the physics of it and the way it actually works, it makes sense. So I, I can talk to you over the phone and we will have a discussion and the, you can use the tone of my voice, which is the acoustics. Yeah. And you can use the actual language that I use to build an understanding of what we're talking about yeah and get a feel for what we're talking about if we're in person like we are now you get the luxury of body language yeah right you get the luxury of movement Mm. there's some other keys so just those two very simple but very different scenarios you can get a whole lot more information out of me from this interaction than you can over a phone yeah so why is it so hard to believe that if your mental state upstairs in your brain is in a totally different position, thinking about totally different things, that you're not going to end up going down totally different avenues? It's a fact. Unfortunately, thoughts become things. Yes. Yeah? Oh, my God. I love that quote. Yeah. And there was a, a brilliant... Uh, it's, there's a brilliant thing I saved. Um, it's from Einstein. And... Um, I'm going to be rude and find it right now. <laughs> because I, when I saw this, it really resonated with me because I think we can all agree that Einstein can earn the respect of um, yeah, many people he's pretty as, smart. as not a fool. 
but um, oh, now I'm not going to be able to find it when I'm under pressure. Uh, here we are. So you can read that to your audience. Everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. Albert Einstein. Yeah, so that's Albert Einstein. Not, not me, not some philosopher. That Everything is, is energy. So what he's saying there... Your is, thoughts are energy. Everything that exists that we know is just a, is a collection of different frequencies. Yeah. And those different frequencies make up different atoms and those atoms make up particles, particles, particles. And it's just a bit deep. Yeah. But it, that's how it works. So mm. if you can match, if I can match my frequency of feeling successful and match my frequency of feeling like I have something to offer and I'm intelligent and I can fix your process and I've got a better way of doing it and I'm smarter than you. I've got a better way of making sure that your product works. Bang, boom, bing, boom, boom. Versus, I desperately need you. I desperately need yeah, you. Yeah, neediness is creepiness. To, to buy my thing. Yeah. And I'm struggling. <laughs> you know, I need money. Um, can, you, can you just give me a chance? Like, oh, I really need this deal. <laughs> They're two very different ways of approaching yeah. someone, something, a business, a product, whatever it is, and even opportunity. People pick up on that, whether you mm. say it or not. It's the way you express yourself. It's the way you, you know, dress, walk, talk, that sort of stuff. But they are they are all secondary to what's happening up here. Mm. If this is not in order, big problems. Mm. Because you can you can get an aircraft carrier, one of the biggest vessels in the world, most powerful super weapon, blah blah blah. There's still someone upstairs behind a wheel yeah. or a computer in reality yeah. telling that behemoth of a weapon where to go. And if that person's confused about his direction and orders, that massive piece of hardware and power has very, very limited use. Yeah. Whereas if it's highly dedicated and it knows exactly where it's going and it's on a mission, watch out yeah because it's got purpose and it has a direction <laughs> and that's what I got from watching The Secret is just the catalyst and the kickstart to think about where I was at and why I was at <laughs> I had all this ambition and goals and ideas as to what I wanted to do but I didn't really um, didn't understand I was self-sabotaging in the early days yeah from the fear of the financial side of things being overburdening and I wasn't putting enough effort and energy into what I was actually good at. Yeah. What I really had to offer. And to get this financial thing sorted and off my back, I had to actually understand that that was what was holding me back and focus more on this and what I could offer other people. And it went bang. It was literally like a few weeks. Wow. I picked up my first major contract, <laughs> started getting work. Then it was like, oh my God, we're too busy. How are we going to get it all done? And now from that day onwards almost, it was more about how are we going to manage our time to get all the stuff done Yeah. and deal with all the opportunities. And the other side had played secondary and that all came, it, just, it came in um, because the front end was working so much better. Yeah. And you were asking about pivotal things. That was probably the most pivotal thing in my life. That's crazy. Some random little video that someone made. Wow. Um, 
and look, it got bagged out a lot on media and yeah. I remember hearing it on the radio they were taking you know taking the mickey out of it and that sort of yeah. stuff and I do remember listening to the radio I think wow you just totally missed that boat didn't yeah you? you know it's so easy to take piss out of something and laugh yeah. at someone's efforts yeah uh, for a cheap laugh yeah because they're probably insecure in themselves 100 percent, 100 million percent yeah uh, and unfortunately you know it is what it is and you can't always defend it but it's um it's really it's really important stuff yeah and if you don't know about it um it's a real shame mm. because you are self-sabotaging all the time yeah and i know about it yeah and i'm still pulling myself up on it yeah all the time yeah and you asked me how i got my lamborghini yeah well, part of that video was talking about <laughs> setting goals. If you don't have a goal, how would you ever know that you're going to get it? Yeah. You don't even have something to aim for. Yeah. And um, I remember seeing, I've always wanted a Lamborghini since I was young. Actually, I wanted a, a Nissan 300ZX yeah. when I was younger because I thought it looked like a Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was even unachievable. Um, but yeah, so it, part of the video was talking about finding something you really want, and printing off photos and putting it on your dream board, yeah. that sort of stuff. I never quite got that involved in it, but I did save a picture of this car that I wanted on my computer, and I relabeled the name of the image, my next car within three years, <laughs> and I saved it, and it was on my computer, and it would come up from time to time, and I'd see it, and oh, that's right, yeah, that's what I was getting. I remember being in a business meeting once and I was scrambling. My computer was plugged into a projector and there was a bunch of businessmen sitting around and uh, I was trying to pitch them what I was doing and it popped up on the screen while I was trying to find the specific image. I don't know how yeah. it got there, but it did. And I remember they laughed at me, which was pretty Just intimidating. Just like that school counsellor. Yeah. yeah. They laughed at me because um, I obviously saw it and they read it and I don't know what possessed me at the time, but I just remember firing back to them, like felt like a millisecond later. I said, if you don't have a goal, how are you ever going to kick one? <laughs> and then I just stopped laughing. And it was just, there was just this awkward silence. So I, I, I don't know why I remember that, but it was like, I felt like I had to defend my right to having a dream. Yeah. You know, having a goal. I shouldn't use the word dream. It's a goal. Yeah. And yeah, then, uh, I did forget about the picture. Mm. I actually did. And I bought the car and um, bought in cash, no loans. I think it was, you know, that was my rule. Oh my life. God. Yeah. And, is um, that that's the, the green one? Yeah. It is a green one. Yeah. And um, I came home and the next day I was on my computer and it just jogged me. I was like, oh, went in there and I searched it. And yeah, I went to the document and found a photo and right click properties. I'd saved that picture. <laughs> two years and 11 months ago wow yeah so within a month it all came together <laughs> some would say total chance I don't know I think you know your subconscious is an incredibly powerful thing and um, if you set it to a task and you let it go good guidance it um, it works away on things it does yeah and uh, I've done that I did that for a few other things I wanted in life and it worked. What was next after the Lambo? It was a, it was a Maserati. Yeah. I only gave myself a year for that. Did that. <laughs> and then it was a boat. And there was a few other things. <laughs> but it's not all material either. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's not just a Lambo though. It's like achievement. It's mm. like I've working my ass off 
as a young guy and mm-hmm. doing this business like it's not just a car like no and they're, they're fun they're toys and that's fantastic but they're um people probably put them on a pedestal a bit yeah too much. yeah um, they're fantastic they're good don't get me wrong <laughs> um there's more to life than just things yeah you know, there's a lot of very happy people that don't have much stuff yeah but that doesn't make that right either mm. you know there's a lot of people that have more money than they could ever spend and they're miserable exactly yeah um you know there's there's something to be said for balance yeah um, which is also unfortunately a load of crap you can't have balance uh, yeah balance is you yeah. can work on it yeah you can try yeah but that is a never-ending thing you'll be chasing exactly yeah Unfortunately, you'll have to have it weighted in one direction. Yeah. Have you been listening to my podcast? I know you said oh. you didn't, but this is what I talk about. Honestly, God, I've, <laughs> this is so I've cool. never listened to your podcast. <laughs> All I did was break down in front of you. Yeah. In that, car park. <laughs> and that wasn't planned either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wow. Mm. That's really deep and inspiring. Like the way you broke it down... Mm made a lot of sense and I like I'm into all of that but the way you explained it was like that was really cool yeah and that's um, that's 40 minutes there so yeah and well, that's yeah well, I'm happy to maybe um, I think we uh, can catch up another time if you'd like and maybe talk more about that and less about less about me and maybe more about how or just what other people could take away from and help them yeah get a head start because it's tough, you know, it's not easy and no one gives anything out for free. No, you, you can't get something for nothing. I, I remember a lot of people saying, oh, you're so lucky and, you know, I can't believe you've got that. And my general standard response is, it's a free world. Yeah. Go and stake your claim. Yeah. There's no luck involved. Yeah. You can get breaks. Yeah. You can have events that help progress your situation quicker than it would normally take you. Mm. you can meet people that can give you opportunities whatever but at the end of the day I still believe they are a combination of the trajectory you've set yourself on from your work ethic mindset process whatever it might be that's a combination of all those things yeah they're there for a reason it's not by mistake you know planet earth is not here by total mistake in my opinion it's, mm. it's it's too perfect a system it's too diverse yeah to just be a total accident yeah you know come on so why why would we expect anything less for our own lives you yeah know, if people can become the richest people in the world look at Jeff Bezos yeah know, that's not a mistake that is just a particularly talented individual yeah who has expressed his desire to grow something things mm. um, so rapidly through the art of good business and probably attracting the right people at the right time with the right product yeah um, it's not just him it's a team of people that built that he's obviously the focal point yeah uh, right down to much smaller you know success stories or people but it, it, they all do the same sort of thing to a degree mm. um, but if you can turn your passion into your line of work and job that is can be a really good thing yeah. because it becomes less difficult to execute it yeah and it becomes more of a um, an exciting adventure yeah you know I, I never could have made money um, you know being a chef or yeah or 
trying to be a, a doctor or something like that. They're just yeah. not interested in that stuff. Yeah. Um, so that would be a real hard slog. And I, I often think that there'd be a lot of people out there who are in careers and doing things that they're not truly passionate about yeah. because they think that other people think that that's a good idea for them. Exactly, yeah. You know, when you... I've had friends that have been forced into trying to become lawyers and doctors and all these things because their parents want they want good for them. Yeah. And uh, they think that's a fantastic route to go down. Mm. It's a prestigious position, I suppose, in society and it comes with the stigma of, you know, good money and job mm. and blah, blah, blah. They're miserable. They don't want to do yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Um, so try and do things that you actually enjoy if you can, you know, and don't always just chase the money. Yeah. Because that um that at the end of the day is just it's just currency it doesn't doesn't assure anything yeah well it doesn't give you options um sometimes it gives you less options yeah depending on how you go about getting it yeah um and the positions you have to you know put yourself in to do it some people chase it too much in my opinion yeah i know some people who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and they're still working wow and I can't understand why they're still going so hard. <laughs> I, I know why they, yeah. they are, because they love it. Yeah. It's their thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everyone's different. But uh, I, I just think too many people globally waste too much of their life chasing it. And they'll never have enough. Yeah. Doesn't matter how much you got. All you do is just move up to the next thing. Mm. The next bigger thing. Yeah. So try and work out where you, where you can have the most enjoyment from your time and the people you hang out with and the things you do. Um, and you can, always, you can always buy toys, but it's more about those other things, I think. Yeah. Having, you know, dabble in those sort of niceties. It's, yeah. It's great. It's fun, but it's not, it's definitely not everything. No, it's not. And, um, yeah, I don't know what people take of that exactly little that little <laughs> just don't put it on a pedestal yeah you know it's really not it's flashy it looks good yeah but uh, it's not I would not wait like I spent a lot of my younger years working I never travelled did the you know go overseas to Greece for six months with a bunch of friends and go partying and, yeah you know like a lot of my mates did they all finished school and just disappeared off into the ether. Yeah. Did lots of fun things. And, and I was just working my butt off yeah. every day. Going to the busy. hospital. <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, now later in life, I'm going to be able to do things that they're going to still be working yeah. for decades. Yeah. So, but it's a choice. It's all a choice. Mm. And, um, you know, you've got to think smart, not just work hard. Yeah. That's a big thing. You know, I can work my butt off. Yeah. But if I'm not working smart, all I'm doing is consuming more of my time. Yeah. Burning out more of my energy and not really getting proportionately further down the road. Yeah. So a lot of the wealthy people out there are working smart. Yeah. Not hard. You know, they might put in crazy hours, but they're working smart. Yeah. You know, um, that's, that just comes back to an output thing. We've all got the same amount of hours. Mm. You know, if you're a bricklayer and you can earn twice as much if you lay twice as many bricks, good for you. But it's going to get to a certain point where you can only 
do so much before yeah. you hit your physical human limitation. Exactly, yeah. Maybe you should be using other people yeah. to help you lay your bricks yeah. and you work on a way to, I don't know, have a machine building <laughs> that sort of stuff. So it's, um, try and think smart. Yeah. And my business was all about this, the, the genesis of the concept was how can I get my product which is ultimately in the very beginning before it diversified quite a bit, a photo <laughs> cheaper. Yeah. That's where it started. Yeah. That was the problem you were solving. Yeah. Well, it was, it wasn't a problem. It wasn't a problem because there was no systemic issue with the process that was being used before. Right. The helicopters worked. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. The pilots were fine. The cameras were fine. The photos are okay. Yeah. It was just, is this the best way of doing it? Right. Is okay, this yeah. the best way of doing it? Yeah. No. It's not. Okay. Right. Well, what can we do about it? Yeah. And that is the the genesis of the whole process and the many things I've done in my life. I look at it and go, is this, is this the, no, it's not. Like, we could do it like that. Mm. Well, if I change this and I make that better, the whole process is going to be a more efficient, faster, cheaper, quicker more available, whatever it is. And you try and, you, you've got to try and maximize the output of whatever you're doing by making the design of whatever you're doing as good as it can be. And then building it or executing it as good as it can be. So it's like, it's like just endless improvements, but you've got to challenge the status quo. Yeah. You've got it. And I think, I, I, I often think, why, why, why was I gifted with this? Um, sometimes it's a curse but <laughs> most of the time it's good why was I put in this position that I always think people who know me think you are so left of field with everything you do it's <laughs> crazy um, when I was born I had um, my left eye didn't work properly right it would just not focus so my right eye was doing everything my left yeah. eye would move wouldn't look like a weirdo I just had <laughs> this left eye that would not focus properly so I'd have double vision yeah so I could see two of everything yeah and it would move. So I can actually defocus my left eye right now and I can see two of your microphones. Really? Yeah. I can still do it. Not that I want to, but I can. So I always, really, you know, it was younger. I didn't know you're born with this. You just assume that's normal. Mm. So I wouldn't like walk into walls and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, like when you would look at a, a book, you'd have two lots of text. Yeah. And they'd be over the top of each other and they would move. Mm. Slowly. Wow. So when you're young, like learning to read is hard enough as it is. Yeah. Then let alone having two sets of words that would move. Yeah. I couldn't read. I really struggled. Wow. So I end up, you know, and here's another thing that people think, oh, I didn't do good at school or whatever. I repeated two years. I repeated wow. Year four and I repeated year six. I think I was going to repeat another year, but it was just getting a bit long in the tooth. <laughs> and eventually one of my special ed teachers who I used, I was always in the special English class. Oh know, my God. You know, that pull, is crazy. Pull off he goes, dum dum dodo. <laughs> and I, was, I didn't know any difference. I just assumed that was the status quo. Yeah. It. And my special ed teacher actually worked out. I couldn't see properly. So no one knew this whole time that you couldn't. I went wow. to doctors that tried to put me on Ritalin and drugs to dull me down because oh. I was hyperactive. Apparently. Oh my it's hyperactive God. because I was sitting in front of puzzles and things that they would give you and I would not be interested in it because I couldn't make, I couldn't understand it. Yeah. So they wanted to 
put me on these drugs to just make me, you know, I don't know what it does to you other than dulls you right down. Yeah. Luckily, my mum had the foresight not to go down that path. Yeah. Prescribed me glasses and all sorts of things. All the glasses did was magnify it, retract it. Mm. It just, it, it wasn't fixing this, the issue. And uh, long story short, I managed to get a lady to fix my eyes who was actually banned from the optometry industry because her process sold no drugs, no glasses, didn't need any form of medical treatment or ongoing treatment. It just fixed the problem, which was training your left eye to recognize that it's there and get your muscles moving again. I went from that to 20-20 vision within five days. Oh my God. So I only really started to learn to read and write properly from year six. Wow. Yeah. Just prior to that, I was like straight D's, C's and D's. Wow. For my my (laughs) go-to letters at the end of the year and um, managed to claw my way back up. Wow. Yeah. So spelling and all that sort of stuff, even to this day, is not my forte. (laughs) I missed half my schooling in those important days but maths and all that sort of stuff was very good because that was I only had to learn nine digits yeah and um, I could work with that a bit earlier on in life yeah coming back to why is this any of this relevant I learnt at a younger age to deal with life that was presented to me in a different way because I saw things differently yeah but I had to get on with living with everyone with everyone else you know I couldn't just so, well, I'm different, so I'm going to do schooling differently. I had to get on with the process. So I think that gave me a slightly skewed way of looking at things in life. Definitely, yeah. Literally and, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and that sort of set me on a path of always trying to do my own thing and do it my way to a degree. Um, and I think it's been helpful, you know. And not everything works either. You know, yeah. Sometimes some ideas aren't, uh, don't work out or... Or it's just not necessary. Or it's too complicated. Yeah. You know, but for the majority of it, it's um, it's worked out well. And yeah. you've got to challenge things. Like my big hero we were talking about before was Elon Musk. Elon Musk. <laughs> you know, like he is a gift to the planet that yeah. we should be cherishing. You know, um, he will change the way, he will change humanity forever, in ways that he already has, but in bigger ones to come. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but again, if you break it down, he's doing similar things. He's challenging the static. Is should this be the way? Not, yeah. Is, you know, look at rocket launches. They were, they were four, five hundred million dollars a pop. Jesus. You know, and it was really the domain of governments and military that could afford these things. You know, and um, I tackled far smaller problems than he did, but <laughs> he did the same thing. He looked at it and said, "This is crazy." Yeah. You know, and now he's launching stuff to space for fifty million. Yeah. Um, and reusing the rocket. Yeah. And a few years ago, that was classified as impossible science. Yeah. You know, you want to get motivated, go and check out what that guy's done. Yeah. Um, but again, it comes back down to just challenging that. Can it be done better? Yes. Can it be done cheaper? Yes. Can I have a better product? Yes. Is it possible? Well, you know, I suppose so. I better look into that. If it is, yes, well then get on it. You know, um, if he can if he can build reusable rockets that can land themselves back on planet Earth, <laughs> we can all do our own other thing. It's not uh, it's not impossible. <laughs> Finding a good mentor is also good. Yeah, you know, I had a few mentors along the way, and at the time, sometimes the things they tell you, you think, no, 
that just doesn't sound right. Or really, yeah, for sure, because it's easier to. Because sometimes the advice is not what you want to hear. Mm. It's not what you want to hear. Uh, and it isn't until later on that you've experienced it or you've gone through it or you're saying it to someone else yourself yeah. that you realize, man, they were 100%. Yeah. They were right. You know? and, um, but if you're smart enough to listen to most of it and action it, it will help. It really will. Um, but take, for, take advice from those who have actually succeeded. Yeah. People love to give advice, mm. um, but uh, unless you've actually got some track records and some ticks against your name, maybe take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, because you can't fudge success in the real commercial world. Mm. You either fail or you succeed. End of story. Yeah, you know it's a self-leveling playing field. There's no reboot. Whoop! Try again. <laughs> You know, forget that. Yeah. It, it's um, pretty good at weeding, weeding out the, the strong from the weak. Yeah. And if you can find a good, strong person that's willing to actually share and help you, then, you know, maybe it's worth, worth taking some time to listen to them and, 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 and ask advice and some will give it, some won't. Yeah. But, um, and uh, I heard a very interesting quote the other day. Um, it was... Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah, well... That's intense. (laughs) Yeah. And it's true, to a degree. Um, I was hanging out with a lot lot older people than me. Far wealthier than me. Yeah. Um, Intelligent people. uh, And I was mixing and mingling with situations and companies and processes far bigger than what I felt at the time. Yeah. And even some of them to this day. Um, and that has to have an effect mm, that it definitely well, it affects your thoughts and your language and yeah and your environment yeah and the, the vibes you're sending out and receiving mm. and your thought pattern um, so yeah I mean if you're if you're going to be honest with yourself and you sit down and go who are my nearest and dearest friends and who do I surround myself and what are they doing and where's their tra- what's their trajectory what's their process what's their thought pattern just, you know, I'm not saying go and hurt out a bunch of your friends that you think are working out. That's for you to do. But just think about it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have, I think, ended up in lives and situations that maybe they didn't want to be in because the environment in which they spent a lot of their time and set themselves up in. Mm. And that goes for social, you know, like social environments and demographics too. You know, it doesn't mean that it's 100% going to work out like that. Yeah. But if you live up in an environment where there's a lot of crime and people rip off system off and they're stealing stuff and that sort of stuff, it's a higher probability that that is going to become a bit more normal. Yeah. And that's what you find is normal. And then all of a sudden there's parts of that are filtrating into your life. Whereas if you're hanging out with, you know, engineers and mathematicians and highly successful people and you know really really talented individuals that are doing you know, working on leading edge stuff you can't and you can't end up in a parking lot yeah at night graffitiing a wall yeah <laughs> because there's no opportunity to go down yeah. that path because you are not surrounded with those opportunities you're not surrounded with that trajectory you're more likely to spend that same evening 
working on something interesting or having going out for dinner with intelligent people and talking about stuff or doing something that relates to whatever you're surrounding yourself yeah you might find yourself at the gym uh or you know exercising in the park with someone or whatever it might be because that's what you're hanging around and doing you're not gonna you're not i doubt you're gonna go to a conference on electromagnetic you know (laughs) you know 3d printing or yeah the effects of robotics in the future because if that's not what you're into then you know why would you yeah but think about it think about it (laughs) what are you investing your time in what are you investing your time in yeah you know um that means a lot of different things to different people you know i don't um I love to tinker on things and work with gadgets and gizmos and I've got friends who are in engineering businesses and that sort of stuff and when we go to the we go for a drive on a Sunday maybe we'll stop off at a pub and have a few beers we'll be talking about geeky stuff yeah you know and um, we like that yeah um, but I, I wouldn't want to go to that same pub and talk about the football scores for the and last how shit your life is and, yeah I mean, it just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not saying it's wrong or right. It's yeah. just, is it, is it adding to my existence? Yeah. It's a question you should ask yourself a lot. What is the purpose of yeah. what I'm doing? If you're sitting on a couch at night watching The Bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's or Survivor. <laughs> or some television program that is really designed to just keep you in front of that square box for an hour, an hour and a half so that you can partake in looking at adverts because mm. that's what they're selling. Yeah. They're selling advert time. Yeah. So what we got to do is make sure you don't move. Mm. Is that a good investment of that time? Yeah. If you have goals that proceed sitting on a couch. Yeah. Long term. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. And it, it is not easy get up off your ass and go and do something that is difficult or takes time or energy and effort because it is easy to just sit down and veg out. Yeah. You know, and I so do it from sometimes. Do. I just can't be bothered and that's okay. Mm. But it cannot become a routine. Yeah. As I was saying to you before, I've just taken up golf again. Yeah. That is a really difficult game. <laughs> it requires lots of practice. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much money you've got or anything like that (laughs) you can only get better with practice yeah so you know I look at that and I go if that's something I want to do and I want to get good at and I enjoy it what am I going to do am I just going to try and get better from day to day yeah am I going to practice every now and then no I'm going to fast track this that's why I've got the golf simulator I've got state of the art technology set it all up can track everything, trace everything, see the mechanics of why the stroke, you know, the stroke's doing what it's doing, where I'm contacting the ball. Same thing with what I do with business. Yeah. <laughs> to a degree. I want to know why it works. Yeah. Because if I know why, why am I slicing the ball? Come on. This is a ball that gets hit with something and you want it to go straight. This isn't complicated stuff. Mm. But it can be very infuriating if you don't know why it's not working. Yeah. Especially for you. <laughs> If you're in business and you're saying, I want to make money because I sell this, why am I not selling much of it? Yeah. Why am I competitors buying that? Why? Why? Break yeah. it down. 
oh, it turns out that, you know, they're selling more, even though it's not as good a product, they've got <clears throat> a better front-end service. They've got a better back-end service. They've got a cheaper product. They've got, you know, uh, other auxiliary products that make that one better. Why? Look into it, track it down, make it, you know, find a way to stand out and get ahead or just go along for the ride and the rest of the traffic. Yeah. You know what I mean? You choose. Well, that is the burden we were all given. Yeah. You know, um, people think that um, a lot of life is dictated to them and they don't have a choice. And that's true. A lot of life is dictated to them. Mm. <clears throat> it's easier for society to be run by the few. Mm. You know, sheep don't herd themselves. Mm. Sheep are put there by a farmer. Yeah. In a paddock with a fence because it's a lot easier to have 10,000 sheep run by one or two people and a couple of dogs. Yeah. It's just a fact. Yeah. You know, it's the same for the human race. Now, luckily, we have a say in it and we are not infinitely fenced in. We do have the opportunity to jump over and go elsewhere. It takes courage. And it's not easy. Yeah. But it's not impossible either. You know, I can do it with six years of actual schooling under my belt, <laughs> no degree, just the will and desire and... Um, Flying drones. <laughs> yeah. Other people can do it too. And uh, you put a bit more trust in yourself. Yeah. You know? Not blind, arrogant trust, but genuine, if you feel it, trust. Like, I'm not going to say... <laughs> I did that so well bet you I could be a doctor <laughs> I bet you I could perform that surgery and get it right yeah that is that's a different that's a whole different thing mm. what I'm saying is I really put myself to it even though I don't know quite how, how I'm going to do it because a lot of time in business I didn't know how it was going to work I didn't know how I was going to do it I had never done it before it had never been done before the process hadn't been done before. It wasn't on YouTube. There was no instructions. <laughs> there was nothing. Trust me, there was a lot of things that we did that had never been done before. We had a few world firsts as well with some of the technology and the stuff we were working with. But if you know where you're heading and you really, you've got an underlying direction of where you want to go, what you want to achieve, you will find a way if you stick at it. Mm. And you, have a, you do have an affinity for it and you have to have some knowledge, obviously, but if you don't, you can always generally find it. Um, but you have to make a start. Mm. You know, if you don't launch your idea further than just an idea, how, it's never gonna grow. Yeah. It's never gonna grow. Yeah. And um, sometimes you just gotta jump off the cliff and figure it out. <laughs> and uh, you'd be amazed at what you can figure out. When yeah. You're Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Because you don't want to come up short. Yeah. You got to get it done. Yeah. You know. And look, I mean, it's fascinating in in war, like World War One, World War Two, the engineering and the things that would came from paper to flying or submarines or boats or tanks or whatever it was, the engineering that was accomplished and achieved, built and designed and tested, cannot be done in this day and age. Wow. Period. Really? Yep. They, I was watching a documentary on this the other day. The engines in the Saturn V rocket, they admit today with all current technology and all the right people 
all the machines, all the money in the world, they could not rebuild one of the rocket engines from the Saturn V in today's... You're joking. Nope, can't be done. Because <laughs> the process of how it was done and the talented people who worked out how to do it have passed on. And they didn't write it all down. Oh my God. They didn't leave a set of instructions. That's insane. And the process was figured out rapidly because it was a race, a space race. They can't do it. Oh my God. Yeah, it's amazing. You'd think about surely not <laughs> That's possible. That's insane. Surely not possible. And it, and you know, and what I was getting to is, is that when there's, when you really have the pedal to the metal and you have to make it work, like in wartime, they would build stuff. They would test it. It would fail. They would fix it. They would try it again. They'd fail. They'd fix it. And they would get stuff done in a fraction of the time it takes modern day society that has no immediate real, you know, sink or swim pressure like war does. Mm procrastinate and they stuff around for so long that the opportunity is either missed or it's partially missed or it moves before they ever get to the end of it because they spend too much time thinking about it yeah and it's so true yeah it is so true you can make something absolutely perfect on paper but sometimes you've actually just got to get on with it and figure (laughs) it out because it might change and often it does and often it does. And that's, um, that's something that I've always thought I've done is if I've got an idea and I think it's going to work before I know it, I'm going with it. And I, that uncle that uh, I have who's super, super, super successful. Like yeah. A real, proper, genuine, multi-mega. He said to me once, I'll never forget it, and it stuck with me. He, I was asking him for advice once, and he said... My advice is ready, fire, aim. <laughs> I was like, what? He said, ready, fire, aim. So what do you mean? He said, sometimes you've just got to be ready and then you've got to fire. Worry about the aiming after. But if your competition, <laughs> if your competition is still aiming and they still have yet to pull the trigger, they're not even in the race. It's so true. It's so true. It's so true, yeah. So... And uh, at the time, that advice was not well received by me <laughs> because I was worried about pulling the trigger to get on with something. But looking back at it now, I was like, this is so right. This is so right. You know, you figure it out as you go. And that um, comes back to the, just the courage and the, the innocence of just giving it a go. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, even, even I, who I'm talking about it, still struggle with trying to not lose some of that innocence. Yeah. And, um, and make sure that you apply it in daily life to just get on with it and give it a go. You know, and uh, I do. Yeah. But um, that is, uh, it's rare. It really is. Wow. Mm. In this day and age, anyway. Yeah. It might change in the future when more and more people become aware. Yeah. And uh, I think that's one of the good things about the internet is this type of information and much better than what I've been talking about is available to the general public which has only been suppressed yeah it's not a conspiracy as much as it is they would not want to teach this at schools no definitely not they should Mm. it's a crime that they don't yeah they should teach the actual act and the the science and the process behind thought Mm. and how the subconscious and the conscious actually work yeah most people don't know how the conscious and subconscious mind even interact they don't even understand the process Mm. 
Uh, but you can't have herds of foxes running around. You know, mm. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know, um, and that's what, unfortunately, is needed in the, the big business world. You've got the people way up top who dictate everything, and it's easier to have society conform and do what they need to do. Mm. Again, it's not saying it's right or wrong. There's plenty of people out there who are perfectly happy just doing what they need to do and getting paid and go home. Uh, owning your own business and, and building it up from scratch is not for everyone. Mm. And if it's for the wrong person, it would be a misery. Yeah. So it still has to fit that person and their and what they want out of life. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's ever been a better time for people to become more aware of their true capabilities and learn from those and extract information. Yeah. But just be very careful not to get too caught up with watching too many self-help slash <laughs> listening to advice things to the point where you hear it so much that you become addic- addicted to yeah. hearing it and not yeah. doing anything exactly. about it. Listen to a few things, get some action, but then you have to do something first before you continue on with it. Yeah. Because you, it, it can get... Um, can get you a bit too distracted from mm. the actual true goal, which is action. Yeah. Nothing happens without action. Yeah. You know, you can hypothesize about everything till you're blue in the face. But unless you actually get up off that chair and go and do something. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I would rather be in bed sleeping, but every now and then I'll drag myself out of bed. And I get in that golf simulator and I smash <laughs> balls until one o'clock in the morning. Because I know if I don't, I'm not going to fast track yeah. my handicap. <laughs> and everyone else that's sleeping is definitely not going to be fast tracking their handicap. Oh my God. But you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, that is just a brutal fact. If you don't put it in, you can't get it out. Yeah. You know. Any Olympian will say, you know, I, I was talented, but at the end of the day, I worked my butt off more than the, the rest of the globe Yeah. To, to take their natural talent and progress it to the absolute pinnacle. Yeah. You know, someone worked harder <laughs> than someone else and that's why they're the best. Yeah. You know, how much effort do you want to put in? Yeah. Um, in business, luckily, it's not, you don't, you know, you're not relying on muscles. Mm. you can be smarter than someone else mm. and do it better than someone else and be way ahead of them mm. without having to you know run a million miles again that comes back to working smart not necessarily yeah. just hard you do have to do both in the beginning that's that's something you can't avoid but um, you want to be doing both not just one of them yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I hope that was useful that's great that's so useful and the thing you said perfectly at the end how everything you have to take action right if you don't take any action there's no point and from an action there's a choice right mm-hmm. and from your choice it's from your thought mm. right so tying back the thoughts of what you were saying before that thought that knowledge you have to implement that knowledge to take action mm-hmm. and then creates change for sure yeah I mean it's motion puts other things into motion yeah you know if you roll a car down a hill at some point that hill's going to run out you have to turn left or right yeah if you just sit at the top and do nothing that's what you get mm. nothing and even if you don't know what's at the bottom of the hill the amount of times I went into something in business and I didn't know the outcome 
was way more than what I did know what the outcome mm. would be. But at least I w- had the courage to try. And it was amazing how many times I thought I was going in this direction I was going to get to that good outcome. And it ended up out over here with a way better outcome. Yeah, that's insane. That's so crazy. I was like, ah, oh, what? <laughs> I never even thought we'd be doing this. Yeah. This is way better than what we were looking at over here. Yeah. And another great analogy I heard, which I think is just brilliant. I was talking to someone about something. I said, oh, I really want to achieve this. I just don't know. Like, it seems so It seems so far in the distance. How am I going to achieve this? And they said, you know, you know how to drive to Melbourne, right? From Adelaide. Mm. Yeah, you get on the freeway and you follow a bunch of turns and you follow the map, you get there. You go, can you do it at night? Yeah. You only, can you see from Adelaide to Melbourne? No. <laughs> can you see it at night time? No. Because it doesn't matter. All you need is the headlights on and you only need to see 100 to 200 meters at a time. <laughs> and follow that path and eventually you'll end up where you want to be. <laughs> but if you had to visualize every turn and every road you were going to have to take, whether it was day or night, yeah. sitting here in Adelaide, you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it because you can only visualize that stuff as you're getting close to yeah. it or when you're traveling in that direction. Yeah. So if, if, you're, if you decide to not leave on that road trip because you can't see Melbourne, even though you know you want to get there, you decide, I'm not going to go because I can't see how I'm going to get there, then you are guaranteed to not get there. Mm. And you've accomplished nothing other than you've given yourself the success of not failing. Yeah. Isn't that a joke? Well. Whereas if you leave and you trust that you know what direction you roughly need to go in to get there, it might be that you get exactly where you thought you were going, or you might end up in a slightly different position, but you are no longer sitting stationary back here. Yeah. And it was so true at the time. It was like, you know what? That's so true. I don't know how. I can't visually. It was more about I couldn't see how all these things I had to do would line up to get me to that destination of where I needed to be to get that goal done. Mm. But I knew roughly where I wanted to go. and I, I, I knew I needed to take this highway and go in that rough direction, yeah? But truth be told, I really didn't know much more than that. But I set off anyway and I figured it out as I got there. You might end up going down the Great Ocean Road and take a massive detour. Yeah. And see a whole bunch of other stuff on the way, but you still get to where you want to go. Yeah. Or you don't even get there, you end up somewhere else. Yeah. But the process and the whole point of it is, if you don't necessarily understand how it's going to work out, or can you, you can't see yourself getting from A to B all the time, it doesn't matter. No one really can. No one can. Mm. You know, the people with the best business plans in the world, still, if you truly ask them, they don't really know exactly how it's all going to unfold. Yeah. They might have a better understanding of the different twists and turns throughout that process because they've documented it better and they've got a better plan. But there's still going to be things that happen along the way that they're going to get turned off in a different direction. Yeah. And conversely, some people with no plans and nothing set up could get lost and never get there because they didn't even have anything set up. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you just blindly go off into the night and you're going to rock up. a good destination yeah you will end up at a destination but if you don't even try that's it game over Mm. you better be happy with where you are because you're staying there and that is the 
cruel fact of employment. Yeah. You know, entrepreneurs don't own a wage. End of story. End of quote. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't own a wage. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that from someone years ago. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Um, but again, it's not for everyone. Yeah. And I don't want. I don't want to make this about this is what you have to do and it's really important that everyone do it. It's not the case at all. Yeah. But if it's something you really feel like you should and you want to do and it's yeah. deep down, you got, you know, you got to want it in your gut. You got to want it, you know. If you've got that, then that is a big bonus. Yeah. You know, it's rare because people either suppress it, they won't believe in it, they'll dismiss it, but there are still plenty of people out there that even with all those, you know, negative detraction mechanisms which is what I just said even with all them trying to attack that core desire they still isn't enough to completely extinguish it they're the ones that have the true potential to really take it somewhere Mm. because they want it more than they fear it yeah you know and that's so important you just gotta want it they want it more than they fear it yeah yeah so if you really if you really want to you know do something and even though you're scared, you want to do it more than you're scared, the probability is you're going to end up doing it. Yeah. And um, it doesn't matter if that's you know, a sporting achievement or business goal or whatever. Um, like, for example, I always wanted to, you know, I was a kid too, I always wanted to kickflip a six stair. It's taken me back. <laughs> and uh, I never did it. I never did it. Because I didn't want it enough mm. that I was willing to accept. If I get this wrong, I'm going to face plant into concrete. Yeah. Ooh. You know, and that probably worked out okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my desire was not more powerful in that instance than it was in other areas. So, and that's a, it's a safety mechanism that every human being yeah. is built into them. Yeah. Fear is not always bad. It's a, it's yeah. a safety mechanism. But what you've got, you got to be really good at is understanding why am I fearful of this and is it a warranted level of fear in relation to the subject? You know, jumping off things onto concrete has an has a X consequence. Yeah. But so does investing all your life savings into a concept or an idea. Mm. They all have their different levels of um, uh, risk versus reward. Yeah. But if you want it bad enough and, you, and you're willing to really chase it, then you should. Yeah. You know, and uh, one of the bravest people on the planet is Elon Musk. Again, he says, you know, he started a rocket company when it was almost guaranteed to fail. Yeah. Like, the, probably the most difficult thing you could ever imagine <laughs> to start. And he said that the the general level of desire and, and what what what, it, what he wanted to achieve and get out of it was still worth the risk. Yeah. Even though he was almost <laughs> sure he was going to fail, like that is just total bravery. Oh my god! You know, sheer bravery, and um, not the best person to model yourself off because he's in a totally different, <laughs> yeah. you know, echelon. But um, the press is the same. He wanted it bad enough. And if he's, his, his instinct and his desire outweighed his level of fear, and he did it. Mm. And he's achieved something that no other person in the history of mankind has <laughs> yeah. achieved. That's, that's powerful stuff. 
That's insane. Yeah. And again, as I was saying before, he's achieved stuff that was physically being challenged as physically possible. Like the physics said it couldn't be done. Wow. Like smart people were saying you can't <laughs> do this. It, it can't be done at the time. Yeah. So if you're thinking about doing something, don't, I don't know what business it is, people like that can achieve stuff that others, very smart, intelligent people are telling you can't be done. And the entire governments and countries <laughs> have failed at, then maybe it's not so hard. Yeah. You know, maybe there is a lot more hope than you realize. It's just the act of trying. Yeah. The act of action that will probably stop you before, well before any sort of scientific or <laughs> monetary issue would stop you. you know, a lot of people get stopped in their track just from their head. Mm. They never escape their head. Yeah. And it is hard. Yeah. Because it is dictates exactly what you do. Nothing happens by mistake. It all comes from up here. Mm. And this is you know, the mothership, it's all happening upstairs and everything else is just a, there's just a message that's been sent for you to go do something. And if you can't get out of upstairs, you're stuck and you're, you're in, it's not going anywhere. And that's what you got to train yourself on. And coming back to that secret thing that, that just helped me work out where I was going wrong. Yeah. I didn't realize I had the wrong, I had the wrong trajectory, you know, tattooed into my brain and I was going down the wrong path. My steering system was working perfectly well. Everything was working as I had planned it. But it was what I had planned was not actually what I wanted. Mm. So I got exactly what I didn't want because mm. I wanted it more. Subconsciously, I wanted it more than what my subconscious uh, mind wanted. Yeah. My conscious mind wanted success and other bits and pieces, but it was only periodic things. I'd think about it, then I'd get back to some other stuff. Yeah. The conscious mind, sorry, the subconscious mind is holding on to stuff and it gets a, gets a message and it has to work with that. So if it's always fearing the lack and not enough and I'm not going to, you know, get to the next month and I can't get enough customers and that sort of stuff, it holds on to that, goes, this is truth, this is reality, this is what I'm working with. Okay, this is it. He doesn't, he doesn't care, it doesn't have its own agenda. Mm. It is a big machine that just runs everything and it gets messages. It's the conscious mind that has to be very, very careful what messages it sends downstairs because downstairs is stupid. Mm. It doesn't have the ability to assess things. It doesn't have the ability to, to look at it and go, is this the right thing? Is this a good part? Is this a bad part? It just follows the orders. Yeah. You know, I, you learned to walk. Yeah. And then one day you forgot that you even had to think about how to yeah. walk. <laughs> Because that message is saved in your subconscious mind. And it's just invoked every day that you ask it to work. Yeah. So it is no different to business. It is no different. Yeah. It's no different to trying to learn a new skill. It's no different to trying to find love. Mm. It's, it's all about what's happening in your subconscious mind and conscious mind and whether there's massive conflicts and what trajectory you're on. <laughs> End of story. Game, set, match. You can't argue it because that's how it works. <laughs> that's how it works. And it sucks. It really sucks that that's the case because there's no easy way out. Yeah. <laughs> you can't blame it on 
the society. You can't blame <laughs> it on the system. And that's, that's why it's annoying because it, at the end of the day, it's up to you. Mm. And if you're not willing to accept it, that's even worse. Yeah. Because then you're just living in denial. Mm. Um, but if you're willing to actually work with it and make some changes, it becomes fantastic because you realize I can actually change this stuff. Yeah. You know, I used to be physically ill because I was worried I couldn't make enough money to pay wow. myself a wage. Wow. Quite a few years ago. Dead set. Wow. I used to, I remember I used to look at what money we had left in the bank and rate it by how many weeks we would stay open for. <laughs> That's it. Oh my God. Yeah. And how close did the weeks get to zero? I think we got down to 17 or something. Right. And that was running on the smell of an oily rag. That wow. Was, that was not anything big at the time. <laughs> but can you see what I'm saying? How how fundamentally flawed that mentality is. Yeah. Looking at what you've got and how much longer you can run on what you've got. Yeah. Not where can I go so they don't even have to worry about whether or not I can run for X time. Yeah. You know, what can I do that can, you know, bring in so much or more that I'm more focused on which clients am I actually going to take on? How am I going to fit them all in? How are we going to get all this done? I'm so focused on proactive Right, not reactive. That I don't even have time to worry about whether or not <laughs> it's going to go under or not. It's because you're moving so f- you're moving forward so fast. Yeah. That you're not even worried about it anymore. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's just the way it works. Wow. And there's nothing. There's no. It's just no other way. Mm. Um, which is good and scary at the same time yeah mm. wow thank you so much for your time that was actually like mind blowing <laughs> that was That's so it. cool <laughs> oh my god where can they um, can they look up your business or like if they want to buy a $70,000 drone maybe like uh, what well we what? don't we don't sell them anymore I, I, I sold the business and, okay um, I'm uh, doing other things but um, I mean they, if someone wants to reach out and get in contact, they can, uh, they can probably talk to you and yeah. you can touch base with me. And yeah, yeah. So ask me any questions and then I'll ask Paul. Yeah, no <laughs> at all. Cool. Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything you want to... Um, yeah, if anyone wants any help or they just even want to run an idea past me or even just, you know, get some, uh, let, you know, some advice, whether they want that or not, I'm happy to help. <laughs> uh, people have helped me in the past and it's not easy yeah but um, sometimes these things can help change your path yeah and um, get your head around the law it's uh, the, the more broad terminology is the law of attraction yeah slash the function of thought mm. what it does mm. um, it's a bit of a minefield on YouTube yeah there's lots of stuff <laughs> out there some crap and there's some really good stuff you'll get pretty quick at working out what's good and what's just total fluff yeah but that, for me, that really helped me. Mm. Really helped me. It wasn't a business seminar. It wasn't some magic book with it instructions. You. It was me figuring out I was self-sabotaging my own process and trajectory because I didn't understand the importance of why my thoughts were dictating where I was going. Yeah. No one teaches you this at school. No. It doesn't even exist in mm. a curriculum. It's mm. madness. But... 
every person on this planet, whether they like it or not, doesn't matter what religion you have, is a slave to that process. Mm. It's just whether or not you just live on different levels of understanding of how that process plays out. Mm. End of story. So I employ everyone, employ everyone to get your head around that. It's all a mindset. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you know about it, you still got to work on it every day. Yeah. I'm no sensei. I still have my own things that I have to work on all the time. Yeah. Like any human. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's some pretty good stuff out there if you're willing to. Yeah. Willing to even try. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Change your thoughts. Take action. And thanks for listening. Leave us a five-star rating. Uh, You can find me on Instagram, Mitch Ping. And talk to you guys next time. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks.